Welcome back to the Shores Church Online. It's great to be with you again. Whether you are watching on YouTube, following on Facebook, or listening on Spotify, would you just go ahead and take a moment and like and subscribe before we get into today's message. I want to make sure that you never miss anything new coming out of the Shores Church. Now, we are starting a brand new series today, and it is called More Than a Holiday. We're going to be taking three weeks and just looking at what Christmas is and what really this whole story is all about. Because so often with Christmas, we look at the beginning of the gospel messages about baby Jesus. But it is more than just baby Jesus. It's more than just a holiday. The whole story of Christmas, that this mission, starts all the way back in Genesis and it ends in Revelation. And so today we're going to start this three-week story off. And we're going to be looking at the idea that mankind had a problem. So in week one, we're going to look at mankind's problem. In week two, we're going to look at God's solution. And in week three, we're going to look at the Holy Spirit execution. It's going to be a great three weeks. So make sure you're here each and every week to hear what God has to say to you. Before we dive into today's message, which is going to primarily be in Genesis 2 and 3, would you go ahead and repeat after me? Your word is written in my mind. Your word is hidden in my heart. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will seek you with all of my strength. I choose to live my life according to your word. Your word, O oh Lord, is eternal. Well, today, like I said, we are looking at mankind's problem. So we're going to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 5 through 25 as we discover what mankind's problem is in this whole story of more than a holiday. So let's go ahead and start reading in chapter 2. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground, and a mist was going up from the land, and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is the Pishon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havala where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Bdellium and onyx stones are there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. 
I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. What a time to be alive. Everything was in perfection and there was perfect balance and harmony. The relationship with God was real and pure. That God was walking with Adam and Eve in this time period. That he was in direct relationship with them. I think it's safe to assume that all of us listening today, we have heard this story, we've read this story, somebody's read it to us. We may not understand everything, but that we have a basic understanding of this. That you even see those words in the beginning showing up in so many aspects of our culture. But I want to pull out a few ideas from chapter 2 before we head to chapter 3. I think it'll uh, help us understand the, the real setting that chapter 3 is going to bring in. The first one is this. How God created man. In Genesis chapter 1, we see God speaking into existence. He, he says, let there be light, and there was light, and it was good. It's a powerful method to the creation story, but in chapter 2, we see that God does something different with man. That God made man from the dust. He formed man. The Hebrew word uh, for this is Yatsair, and it means to create something like a potter would make something out of clay, that he got his hands into that dirt. They got dirty, it got messy, and he breathed life into Adam. That God was not just speaking Adam into existence, but he was an active participant in what was going on. The next thing I want to pull out is this, is that God placed Adam in the garden and gave Adam a rule. Now, verse 8 tells us that God planted a garden, and after creating man, he placed Adam in this garden. Everything in this garden came from God, and two specific trees were named. That there's lots of good trees, there's lots of good fruit, there's a lot of good things to eat. But there's two trees identified, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam is told he can eat from any of the trees. The only thing he is told, the only rule that Adam is given is this. Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because if you do, you shall surely die. That's the only rule. He's placed in this garden. He is placed in paradise and is told not to do one thing. So now the next idea that we want to pull out is that it's not good for man to be alone. That God looks at Adam and says these very words is not suitable for him to be alone, to be by himself. So what does God do? He doesn't immediately give him Eve. He doesn't immediately give him his wife. God gives Adam a job. You see, when he places him in the garden, it is his responsibility to take care of the garden. 
but he's also going to have been an, another job, and that is to name all of the animals. This would have been a fun job, at least I think it would have been, and it definitely would have been in the beginning. But as you go through, it's, it's amazing that Adam had a responsibility to name every animal, and whatever he named the animal, that was its name. And so Adam names all these animals, and what really is happening here is God is showing him all of creation, everything that he made but is showing him that you're not going to find it on your own. You need me. Because he names all these animals, but he doesn't find a suitable match for him. And so what does God do? That he shows this to Adam. He puts Adam into a deep sleep. He removes a rib. And in the same way that he forms and fashions Adam, he does the same thing for Eve. And he basically is saying by, by doing this, that you can't do this on your own. You can't find this on your own. You are reliant on me so that you can receive all good things. That you need to come to me. You need to trust me. I've given you one rule. I've put you in paradise. I've given you one rule. Don't eat from that tree. That's all. And if you will listen to me, if you will obey, here's all the things I'm going to give you. And I'm even going to give you your spouse, your wife, the, the perfect match for you. Everything is going to be good, and you just have to trust me. This is the only rule, Adam. Don't eat from that tree. So let's do a quick summary of chapter two, that God handmade man. God placed man in the garden and gave him one rule. God gave man a job and a purpose. God made man a match by forming woman, and that, that we arrive at the end of the chapter and they were naked, they were unashamed, and everything was in perfection and they were walking with God. We leave chapter one and chapter two and everything is right in the world. And then everything in chapter three changes. So let's go ahead and we're going to read all of chapter three together. This is verses one through 24. So let's read this together. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and the man and the woman hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock 
and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he is, was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So what are we going to take from this passage? First, we must understand God's word, live it out, and explain it properly. Hear that one more time. We must understand God's word. We must live it out and explain it properly. God clearly communicated to Adam one rule. That one rule, again, was do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That was it. Notice, however, when the serpent speaks to the, the woman, speaks to Eve, she changes the rule. She claims that they cannot even touch the tree. And on one side, you would think, well, she's saying don't eat from it, but also don't touch it. She's adding something in. And on, on the surface, it's not necessarily a bad thing because if I can't even touch the tree, then I can't eat from the tree. But she's already beginning to change the rules. And whenever we add to the rules and change to the rules of what God has told us to do, then that's when all of a sudden the enemy can sneak in and attack us because we're not fully listening to the voice of God. Touching the tree was not a sin. Touching the tree was not a problem, just eating of its fruit. And when we manipulate what God actually says and we don't fully understand it, we allow an entry point for our enemy to come in and to make us question other things. We need to understand the word of God and then we need to actually live it out so that we don't give the Satan any wiggle room, anything to come in and manipulate what our thoughts are, because we know this is what God's word says, and this is what I'm going to do. We need to understand it, and we need to live it out. But here's the thing I want you to understand is those two things aren't enough. We need to be able to explain God's word properly. Now, this is one of the reasons why I'm always saying you need to read God's word for yourself. You need to understand it. You need to take it in so that you can explain it to other people. Because here's the issue here. Adam is the one that is told, do not eat from this tree or you shall surely die. The serpent is asking Eve about the rule. Who did she hear the rule from? Most likely Adam. Because God spoke it to Adam. Adam spoke it to his, his wife. 
and she did not hear it properly. Now, she may not have understood it properly. He may not have explained it properly. But ultimately, when we get to this idea that we need to understand God's word, we need to live it out, and we need to explain it to other people properly. But here's the thing I do really want to pull out of this. Who was there when Eve and the serpent were talking? So often we, we picture this as Eve and, and the serpent talking together, and the serpent tempts Eve, and then Eve goes and takes the, the fruit to Adam. That's not what happens here. Adam is standing right there with her. I want you to hear this again. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her. Who was with her? Adam was there and he wasn't protecting his wife. He heard the whole exchange. He knew what God had spoke to him. That we can blame Eve for being the one who fell into the temptation, but Adam did nothing to stop it. Men, let me just encourage you with something here. As the, the head of your household, that this, the provider for your household, the spiritual provider for your household, you need to know God's word. You need to be able to explain it properly, and you need to be living it out so that everyone in your household will be able to understand it, explain it, and live it out themselves. Who cares if you can bring home a paycheck? Who cares if you can supply all of the things that your family wants? You need to be able to care for your family spiritually. That has to come first and it has to come before everything else. We're in the situation we are today because Adam didn't protect his wife. He didn't try and correct the situation. He didn't try and correct her words. He didn't call the serpent out. He didn't knock the apple out of her, her hands. And yeah, I know it's it's likely not an apple, but still he didn't knock the fruit out of her hands that he allowed it to happen. And then he was an active, willing participant. So men, we need to be individuals that will protect our families, both physically by meeting needs and taking care of them, but also spiritually by making sure that their spiritual needs are always met and always taken care of. Now, the interesting thing that comes up next is that God speaks a prophetic word when it comes to Eve, Adam, and the serpent. That first, God declares to the serpent that he will be feuding with the offspring of Eve, that the serpent will bruise the heel of her offspring, but her offspring will bruise his head. What is this all talking about? Well, Satan will eventually, in the Gospels, he will bruise the heel of Jesus when Jesus is crucified on the cross. Now, here's the thing. If you've ever had your, your feet hurt, you can tell it's an, it can be a nagging thing. If somebody bruises my heel, it's going to be an uncomfortable thing, but it's not something that is going to take me out. It's going to be uncomfortable, but I'm going to survive. But when you bruise somebody's head, that is the, the idea, like you are destroying them. And so it's this idea that Jesus, he was bruised on his heel when he went to the cross, but when he was resurrected and when he comes again, and when he throws Satan forever into the lake of fire at the end of Revelation, that he will bruise Satan's head, that Satan was, was cursed to go around on his belly and crawl around. It's this idea of the, yeah, you came up and you got me, but I'm, I'm stamping you out right now. You don't have value. You are not going to be successful. You might get me a little bit, but I'm going to take you out. And so we then see God share some with Adam and Eve that here's some of the things that have happened. I told you that if you ate of this fruit, you would surely die. 
here's going to be some of the ramifications that happen. By breaking this one rule, uh, sin is now in the equation. Death has now entered the equation. And there is a barrier now between them and God. This one act, this one rule that they broke, all of a sudden brings sin and death into the world. But God immediately starts the rescue plan. And he does it in two different ways. The first thing is this, is we see the first sacrifice played out in this passage. This is one of the things that I think is so easy to just read this verse and read right over it and not realize what has happened here. In verse 21, I want you to hear this verse again. It says, And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. How does he make garments of skin for them? That means that there was an animal or animals that were sacrificed so that they could be covered. Now, when we look at the idea of sacrifices through the Old Testament and ultimately the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, these sacrifices happen to cover us and to cover our sins. And so in this case, there's a literal covering that's happening, that their nakedness, that they realized that they were naked as soon as they ate of the fruit and that they were ashamed that the first thing that God does after he goes through this prophetic word is that he causes a sacrifice, some of his creation he put to death so that their uh, shame, their, their sinfulness could be covered. And so he instantly goes to cover them so that they can be made right, so that they would be okay. And so this is going to eventually, we're going to see play out through Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus, that we're going to see this system for sacrifice that's going to come into play throughout the, the Old Testament, these rules that are going to come to place. But the very first thing God does after this prophetic word is that he gives the very first sacrifice so that their sins could be covered. Now, here's the next thing that has to happen. And this is going to be the thing that a lot of times you might read it and you may think, well, this isn't really fair or I don't really understand it. And it's the removal from the garden that Adam and Eve, because of what they did, have to be removed from the garden. They have to be removed from paradise. And in your mind, you might think, well, well, this is where God was. Why not keep them close by so that you can continue pouring into them and, and teaching them and helping them so that they can get back to where they need to be? And here's the thing I need you to take away from this, that God does it intentionally because he cares more about their eternity and spending eternity with Adam and Eve and eventually all offspring than, than he does the, the right here, right now. There's two trees that were in the garden. The first tree that was identified as the tree of life. The second tree was the knowledge of good and evil. They were instructed to only uh, avoid eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's what is getting them kicked out. But the tree of life, there was never any rule that they couldn't eat of the tree of life. They, they could have been eating from the tree of life for all we know. But here's the problem that happens, is that as soon as they eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, sin and death has entered into the world. Death didn't exist until they ate of that tree. And now sin has entered the world, and this sin separates them from God. There is now a barrier between Adam and Eve and God. And now, if they eat of that tree of life, here's what's going to happen. They're going to live for eternity in separation from God. 
listen to that again, that they could have ate from that tree of life beforehand. For all we know that they did eat of that tree of life. But when they eat of the tree of knowledge and good and evil, death and sin enter. And they can no longer eat of that tree of life because if they do, they will be eternally separated from God. And here's how we know it. In order for uh, them to be made right with God, the sacrificial system comes into play. We see that as the first sacrifice from God. We see that throughout the Old Testament, sacrifices have to be made so that the people can be made right with God. And that ultimately that death, it covers them. Now, it foreshadows the fact that Jesus is eventually going to come, and Jesus is going to be the, the death that covers all sin for all time. The old covenant was basically this. Either man has to die or God has to die, and God chooses to die himself. How does he do it? He comes as a man, and as a man, being fully God and fully man, Jesus dies on the cross. So he comes in the form of his creation so that all of creation can be covered when he lives that perfect and sinless life. But if they ate of the tree of life, it would be impossible for them to die. If it's impossible for them to die, then Jesus wouldn't be able to come to fulfill the old covenant so that we can live in the new covenant. So God has to do something that in that moment is uncomfortable and feels bad on both sides that, that God wants a relationship with Adam and Eve, but he has to have this separation so that the whole rescue strategy of sending Jesus could be possible. So Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden, that an angel is placed there to guard it, and we, we don't know where the Garden of Eden is today, and there's a lot of uh, scholars that even think that during this whole mixture of like Noah's Ark that is to come, that the garden is lost to us for all times. But they're kicked out so they cannot eat from the tree of life so that eventually they could experience new life through accepting Jesus Christ and that they could have that eternal life when they participate in relationship and proper relationship with Jesus. So here's where I want to end today. When we look at this whole story of more than a holiday and, and we walk through this whole three-week series, week one is this, mankind's got a problem. Mankind was given one rule, mankind broke that one rule, and mankind became separated from God. So this first week of this Christmas uh, series of, of talking about more than a holiday, we look at mankind's problem, but the beautiful thing is that despite their problem, that despite the separation that has occurred, God already has the solution. And we're going to be talking about that solution more next week. But that solution is Jesus Christ. The people may have felt that this is a long way off, but Jesus was already on his way. And let me just say to you today, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, let me encourage you with this. You can do it today. That just as Jesus died for Adam, he died for Eve, he died for me, he died for you. And all you have to do is ask Jesus to come into your life today to realize that he is the solution to your problems. He is the solution to all of your mistakes in your past. He's the solution to the struggles you have today and to the struggles you'll have in your future one day. That Jesus wants to step in and change everything for you. All you have to do is say, Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you change me? Would you transform me? And would you set me free? And if you'll pray that with me today, then Jesus will come in and he'll change your life. I'm going to just pray right now for you as you watch this video. But just pray those things and ask Jesus to come in. 
Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for my friends that are watching this video right now or listening uh, to this audio. Lord, I pray that you would just come into their lives. If they've never accepted you before, Lord, that they would make the decision right now and say, Jesus, come into my life, and that they would be a new creation, that they would experience this new life, that we may not be able to eat of that tree of life that was in the garden, but we can participate in new life as we are born again into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for what we know you're capable of doing. We thank you for setting us free from our past, and we thank you for giving us a clear purpose for our future. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you just prayed that with me and you just accepted Jesus, First off, in the comments below, would you just let us know that you accepted Jesus or send an email to our uh, church office at office at theshoreschurch.org and let us know you accepted Jesus. And do me a favor, as soon as this video is done, go to myshores.church and you'll be able to, to click a button that says start my Christian journey and you'll be able to start going through the steps of understanding what God has really done for you. I look forward to being back with you next week as we continue to dive into the series and we talk about God's solution. And in two weeks, we talk about the Holy Spirit execution. But before we go today, would you just do me two favors? First, if you're watching on YouTube, following on Facebook, or listening on Spotify, make sure you like and subscribe and you share this message with somebody who needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, that they might be struggling with a problem, but we know the fact that God has already sent his solution. So send this message to them to encourage them today and make sure you like and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our future messages. And then secondly, would you just go ahead and repeat after me our great commission that Jesus Christ gave us before he ascended back into heaven. Let's say it together today. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I hope you have a blessed day. Thank you for taking a few moments and joining us today as we dove into week one of More Than a Holiday. Make sure you're here next week as we talk about God's solution. I'll catch you in the next video.